Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Michael Irvin joins us on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Michael, thank you for joining us as always. It feels like about a year ago we talked about this same game, and you doubted the Cowboys going into that game. Your doubts were proven right. What is your level of confidence in the Cowboys this time around? It certainly is not tantamount to the level I had going into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. So when we said we were going to do first take in Tampa, I was like, yeah, let's go. We're going to win this game. I understand. I can, I can run my mouth as much as I want. I know we're going to win this game. I said 30 points a game, and that's what Dallas was averaging with that. These 15 points a game, that's what Tampa was averaging. I don't care what language it is. I don't care in any in every language I know, and I'm sure all the languages I don't know. 30 beats 15. Even in Brotherology, 30 beats 15. And Brotherology language don't always make sense. But this time it does. <laughs> you know, we've been asking everybody all week, what is your favorite, you know, Cowboys, Niners playoff memory? And obviously this answer has an awful lot to do with where you grew up and who you rooted for and who your dad might have rooted for. Right. And you are the first guest all week where we can actually ask, you know, you, you played for the Dallas Cowboys. Did you carry a hatred in your heart for the 49ers in your playing days? Because we talk to you every week now, and it's obvious you don't hate a single NFL team. You love covering the league. You love football. You love football players. But did you have a hatred in your heart for the 49ers? I had a strong, competitive battling in my heart for everybody. I'm telling you, listen, man, I told you, like, when I retired, I finally got a chance to go see San Francisco. Go see Washington. 
to go see Philadelphia. I have been to all of those cities, and I never went anywhere. I've never gone even out to dinner in any of those cities as long as I was playing. I didn't want to go and mix and mingle with nobody. I wanted to just build up a disdain for the person I was playing and the team I was playing against. So I never left the room, never went and met anybody, didn't want to start liking anybody. I had a strong competitive battle. You know, hate is such a strong word, hate is such a strong word, but a competitive battling with, with someone, that, that, that I think is as strong as you can get without saying hate because I knew I was going to have great battles. And these battles are great. My, my, my favorite moment between these two, listen, it goes back to, to Dwight Clark in the catch and watching that. My dad was a big Cowboy fan, you know, so we watched that. And I was like, oh, my God, where did he come from? That ball was going out of bounds. That was a throwaway. All the things that everybody said, I, 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 you know, I was saying it. I was right there. And then... Later on, to be sitting in a locker room playing for the Dallas Cowboys, coming back in the candlestick, going back into San Francisco to play and saying, I guarantee you, we would give anything we have to win this game. That 92, we, I, I, I put man in the locker room, we were actually dapping each other up saying, prepare to die. We're prepared to die. We're not losing this damn game. We're all laid out. We're, we're lay down out here and die. All of us before we lose that game. I'll never forget that locker room before that game. That was a locker room that, yeah, we were, yeah, we, we, we were ready to go play. Monday night was the first time Dallas has won a road playoff game since you played. Since that game I was just talking about. Yeah. Since that first game that came right. That exactly. Isn't that crazy? Um, isn't what, that crazy? Is that uh, a hurdle that they needed to get over? Is it something that doesn't really matter to players? And to that extent, is being on the road going to matter that much Sunday? But that, that matters. That matters this time. Because any time you have something that's standing in the way from you being, uh, uh, and, and people keep bringing it up, you haven't done this in 30 years. You haven't done that in 25 years. You, 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 even though a lot of those kids weren't even born, it still matters because that means it's been carried on and they carried it on in there during their watch right now. Forget all other times it didn't happen, but right now on my watch, it's happening. So yeah, you hear that stuff and yes, it matters. And when you climb over that hump, especially when that hump has a Tom Brady statue right on top of it, a goat statue, yeah, that matters too. If you know Jerry was trying to talk about, Jerry was telling people about some of the conversations we had. And I was liking and this, liking this, this, this game, winning on the road, winning against Tom, to how hunting animals, how they train hunting dogs, you know, they, and, and when they smear the nose of a dog in the blood of the animal that they are hunting, it's called first blood. They get such a thirst for it, such a taste for it, that they'll do anything to hunt like that. Hopefully for the Dallas Cowboys, they got a taste of first blood beating Tom Brady in that situation, and they'll do anything to hunt and win like that. Michael Irvin here on 95.7 The Game. So the 49ers are getting the taste of Seahawks 
out of their mouth. They're picking their back teeth. They got the bird out. And now here, indeed, comes the Cowboys. And I think the 49ers and Cowboys would have been billed as one of the best offenses in football against one of the best defenses in football. Now, I think it's one of the best offenses and defenses in football against one of the best offenses and defenses in football. All of a sudden, the 49ers offense has caught up to how effective the 49ers defense has been. And I would say the same thing in Dallas as well. This looks like a really fair fight to me going into this game. It's been hard to handicap. So let me just ask you straight up. What, Michael, do you like most about this matchup for the Cowboys? And what do you like the least? I like this matchup the least out of all the matchups the Cowboys could have fallen up upon. Uh, you know, I, I would rather have this in the NFC Championship game. If you have to do it, do it on that stage as opposed to doing it any time before. But that being said, it's, uh, and I'll tell you why, it's because the San Francisco 49ers, they, they have all the kryptonite, all the kryptonite for the Dallas Cowboys. They can run the football very well. You know what I mean? That's that's one of the issues Dallas has is 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 being able to stop a great running game, and they can certainly run the football very well. And another thing, Dallas has Dallas has speed, and Kyle Shanahan uses Dallas's speed as to their detriment with all the misdirections and everything. I'm really worried about Michael Parsons because I'm sure they're going to throw him so much eye candy. That, that it'd be hard for him to just be focused and play direct football. Those are my big concerns, man. You've seen it. It's, it's, I've seen it when they played the, the, uh, the Rams when, and when they played teams like the 49ers. It's so much misdirection that sometimes the speed that's a great asset becomes one of your liabilities. So you got to be disciplined, very, very disciplined. That's why they send you all of those motions. If Parsons does get distracted by the eye candy. Who's the cowboy on defense that is going to be most reliable and be able to pick up at least some of that slack? Uh, and I'm still here. We hadn't had ain't nobody ain't no eye here what you see it or we dropped the uh, that, that's just what I'm saying. There was no name came straight to my tongue for me to see it right then, if you know what I mean. I can go deep into it and start looking into it. It's unlike San Francisco. You know, you guys got Warren, you got so many talented, Green lost so many talented players on that defense that, you know, and talented early picks in the draft. We got guys that, that have been hard-earned guys, guys that work hard and, and, and trying to earn it, but they are, I don't think they have a physical talent that San Fran has certainly on that defense. Hall of Famer Michael Irvin here on Damon and Ratto. Is C.D. Lamb the Cowboys' best wide receiver since you, with all due respect to Des Bryant's peak of about a three, four-year run that was outstanding? C.D. Lamb looks to be the real McCoy to me. Uh, how good is he? C.D., man, I'm telling you, he's a talented wide receiver. And, and it's hard to say, like, is he the best Cowboys had since me? I mean, we just haven't seen enough yet, but he is so great for this time of the, the, the football, for this time in the NFL. Uh, I, I say he's the most talented 88. The most talented 88. Because I couldn't play inside. Ed didn't really play inside. You know, and Drew, you know, I don't even know if they were playing inside and Drew and Drew played, but you know what I'm saying. C.D. Lamb, to play inside, he was the top slot guy 
this year in the NFL. So, you know what I mean? He go inside, he play outside. That, that, that means he's a very talented, talented guy. It's that now, now, now also, though, those other 88s you're talking about, they were like, hey, what's that quote, Rich? I spent my money on liquor across this country. I'm a diamond Rolex wearing. A uh, private plane fly. You know, that, that those old 88s had a whole lot of flair. Whole lot of flair. Ends with the X in them out. Whole lot of flair. CD doesn't have as much as much flair. But boy, I see he has the most talent as all of them. I love any Ric Flair quotes you can work into an interview, that's for sure. Michael, when in your mind did Pollard pass Zeke as the best option to do damage out of the, the Cowboys' backfield? Well, it, that, it, that hadn't happened in my mind. That, that hadn't, because I've always been consistent with this, man. I told you guys this, and it, 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 it's my most, one of my, one of my greatest, one of my number one things when I'm talking about building a team, physicalness. Physicalness. I love that we have Pollard and he can hit a home run. But he is the lightning. I need the thunder. I need the thunder. The thunder moves the whole world. Everybody feels the thunder. Everybody don't feel the lightning. The lightning is way over there. Way over there. Everybody. When you hit somebody in the mouth like Zeke does, even if the person that didn't get hit, it, it, it's not just the person that got hit, it's the corner. Way on the other side. God damn it. He ran in them hard. Now he's thinking about, do I really want to type it in trouble when he comes around this corner? You see what I'm saying? That physicalness, you can sub- you, you can substitute that for it on the football. It's important. So in my mind, I still want that physicalness. This is why I'm so afraid of San Francisco, because of that physicalness. Not because nobody's speed, nobody can run. Now that I, I can deal with speed and running. It's that physicalness that breaks a man's will. And that we don't want to ever give up. And that's why San Fran is where they are because they don't give it up. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. How then, if you're not the more physical team, how do you win a game where you have to finesse teams? And how often does that happen in the playoffs? Well, and, and here's what you're talking about. Here's what you're talking about. How do you try to get ahead on San Fran? Well, I, I, I've been running around. Let me tell you what I'd like in this as an analogy. I, I took this thing back to Rocket Four, one of the best Rockets out there. And, and, and he, he was fighting Drago, a perfect Drago, a perfectly well-oiled machine, just like San Francisco. Went all the way to Russia to fight him just like we, Dallas got to go to San Francisco. And he was hitting, and they were punching, and they were fighting. And then once Rocco, you hit him. You cut him. He breathes. He's human. Not going to finish him. Dallas got to find a way to cut him to make sure they know, not just Dallas, but also San Francisco know that you bleed and you're human. And then try to beat him. They got to cut him by attacking their strength got to be able to run the football even though nobody runs in San Francisco. And then you come back and give them a lot of small cuts by spreading the ball around. Don't give them one focal point or like C.D. Lamb, the T.Y. Hillens have to make plays, the, the, the Noah Brown and Michael Gallup have to make plays because they're so good, somebody has to be open right away, right away, 
to kind of nullify that pass rush. It's going to be a hell of a night, and Dallas has to be at their best, at their tip-top best. The kind of performance they had in Minnesota have a chance at winning this football game, just a chance. I mean, you're checking all the boxes here. You're quoting Ric Flair. You're quoting Rocky Four. You know, if you need another part-time job in your life. Do you know how good of a corner man you would make? You'd make an excellent corner man. You'd make a great corner. He's not a machine. He's not a machine. You'd make right. a great corner man. Dude, that was a great rocket, though. Oh, yeah. so apropos here, because the way San Fran looked, and especially last week, it looked like a machine. It looked like, oh, my God, nobody's going to be this team. They look like a machine, man. And I don't care what anybody says. So, so, so we asked the other day, they said, well, look, what, 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 what makes, what makes their running game so great? And everybody, yeah, having Christian McCaffrey is, man, that's, it's been such a perfect fitting up there, and I told you guys about that. But having Debo in that physicalness, that Debo is physical, man. It sets a whole different tone, man. It's just a whole different tone. And that made this thing perfection. That's why, they got to go in there, and they got to cut them so they can see he's not a machine. They are not a machine You can beat them. What do you think, Michael, of Brock Purdy's performance on Saturday morning? I think he surprised a lot of people, not only how how comfortable he settled into that game after he was off to a little bit of a, uh, I don't even want to call it a nervous start, but he was, you know, he was letting some balls float on him a little bit, but then he settled right in. And he's got wiggle on him, man. He, he can move around the pocket. I told y'all, man, I told you, the vibe I got when that man walked out there. It was the vibe that, that it, it was that, it was exactly what I'm seeing. You know what I mean? And everybody, and I've been trying to talk to you like stop people. All right, it's time to stop. Time to stop. I, I, I love them more than anybody else, and y'all know this. Y'all know I got a real man crush on Kyle Shannon. I think he's the best coach out there right now, and you know that. And we all been talking about man, Kyle Shanahan calling great play, and he has in the deep teams got a great play, and they have, and he got a great running game, and they do. But don't take away from what Purdy has been doing. Purdy has been looking pretty back here, and I'm talking about some of those. You know, it, it ain't he ain't just dropping back and dumping the ball off here, dumping the ball off there. It ain't it ain't Sean McVay uh, in his ear saying go to the running back, go to the wide receiver, go to what. You see this dude making plays. This dude jump one way, jumped the other, threw that ball, and got smacked in the mouth. But he delivered that ball perfectly, and Ayuk should have caught it. It would have been a phenomenal touchdown. And he hit Ayuk right in the hand. That ain't, that ain't center hand. That ain't no defense. That ain't no receiver. That's Purdy looking pretty. That's Purdy looking pretty. Y'all can stop messing around and get him in his credit. Speaking of quarterbacks and credit, um, just to veer away from the 49ers for a second, Tom Brady threw the ball 66 times against two guys the other night. And there were there were a lot of people thinking that this might be a sign that, that he's coming to the end. Did you see any of that in his play? And if not, where do you think he ends up next year? Do I think Tom Brady still has football left in him? You better believe it. And Tom, for Tom Brady to be 8-9 for the finish of team, the season, the way he finished the season, I don't know personally. I don't know personally because I've never experienced a divorce. 
I'm never going through it. And I ain't saying that to boast in any level, at any level, God knows I did everything. I should have experienced one. I should have experienced, but I did. But, but, but the guys that I do know that have, they tell me the toll it takes on you. It's a ripping. It's a ripping on your life. For Tom to even have the season he had, to get those guys to a playoff in the midst of a ripping, I thought that would incredible. Do I think if he goes and finds a better situation uh, or in another situation, can he still perform? Yes. They force Tom to do what he does worse, and that's play outside in. I always say he plays inside out. And when Godwin came back slowly on that leg, and Gronk retired, he didn't have that force on the inside. You send him to a place that has that force on the inside. You know, where he can play early football, early football. I can take out the defensive line if I can play early football with that force multiplier in the inside like a Chris Godwin when he's healthy, a Wes Welker, or, you know, my man Julian Edelman. When you give him one of those guys, and they didn't play with that guy, and then go outside with a Mike Evans, yeah, he can hurt you. He can hurt you. He just had all of his kryptonite after that one time. The voice... That's a kryptonite for anybody, not just Superman. But 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 then you come back, the interior of your offensive line get hurt, and then your middle guys, the Godwin, the Grunts is gone. All of that, that's that's what they call a tsunami. All happening at one time. Tom can still play football in the right place. Michael Irvin with us here on Damon and Ratto. So we saw you on Monday night. In the owner's box with Jerry Jones, as soon as the game went final, the two of you guys are hugging. They obviously had a great time. The two of you get along. Uh, who is the more nervous watcher of the Cowboys, you or Jerry Jones? Well, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I'm so invested. Like, it's my $10 billion investment. But it ain't mine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it ain't mine. Jerry's, Jerry, hey man, Jerry's. Uh, Jerry's a competitor, guys. He's a competitor, you know, and 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 he, he's such a deep down believer, a deep down believer. When he first bought the team, that's one thing. He said, "Man, I just believe Dallas Cowboys and that brand. It is it, the biggest brand in the world. It's the greatest brand in the world. It should be on every look, every minute of every day." And and basically, he grew it that way. We talk about the Cowboys, talk about that brand as much as I don't know what. I, I catch myself sometimes twerking on TV saying, man, I'm tired of hearing myself talk about this. You know what I'm saying? So so that's what he's done because he believed it. Yeah, he he, 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 he watches it hard. He takes it hard when they lose. I, I know how hard I take it. I would probably say he takes it even a little bit harder, you know what I mean, even than me. So, who made the most noise or swore the loudest or sighed the loudest when Brett Maher missed his fourth straight point after touchdown? Well, I'm sure I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I did. Let me tell you, because I was, you know, games like that, I also do box appearances. That means I go from box to box, spend a quarter over here, a quarter over there, and one quarter over there. He works the room. You know, box appearances. So, so, I'm moving from box to box after you miss one of them. And I'm in the elevator. So I got my security ushering me from one box to the other to uh, watch the game with the next group of people. And, and, and I'm in the elevator. And, and I forgot. I'm just in an all-out, real breakdown. This mother... Do it again. I know something. 
Well, I'm gonna go right on that field and whoop his I'm just, I'm, I'm going off. And I look up, and two or three people on the elevator got the camera phone. Oh, I said, hey man, listen man, y'all can't post that. Y'all can't post that, man. I don't want that kid family hearing me talk about him like that. Don't post that like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I was like, oh my God. Oh God, man, it's all good, like we won't do it. But, but yeah, man, I got rattled. You got Tom Brady on the other side, like, that's Tom freaking Brady. Let's freaking go. You can't be missing no field goal, no extra point. Or at that. It, it, was, it was insane. If, if, if you go anywhere near that, you have no chance to next this guy. Michael Irvin. Here on 95.7 The Game, as we've been saying all week, this game is special. It's part of the crown jewel of a lot of people's playoff memories. 49ers and Cowboys means a lot. There is, There are very few straight-line players, one team to another, but obviously there is some crossover there. And I just want to take you back. It's the 1994 NFC Championship game, and the Niners win it. After that season, Deion Sanders goes from San Francisco to Dallas to play with you guys. Can you take us through that? Did you call him? Does Troy call him? Does Jerry call him? Did the two of you start going at each other in training camp right away before you became friends? Like, take us through the Deion leaving the Niners, joining the Cowboys saga. <laughs> Well, yeah, it, I, I was a recruiter in that in that case. Uh, I was a recruiter, and and you know my, my deal was up. We were doing the deal. Jerry was serious, and I just want to give you full disclosure here. You know, we had the opportunity to bring in Dion. You know, and I want to tell you about it and make sure it's okay. And I just asked, "What? Yeah, you joking?" I said, you, "You know, we we, we, we talked to these people." I said, "Man, you, you got my full blessings on this. My full blessings." So absolutely, we just start working towards that. I said, I'm gonna work on the back end. Now that I know it's a possibility. So I started calling Dion and talking, you know. Dion was saying, okay, man, well, like, well, what is it like? Tell me, well, what do you mean? And in my exact quote, my exact quote to him, I said, San Francisco, man. I said, it's great. I said, but to get an understanding with Dallas, they say a fan to multiply by 10. And you just start scratching the surface. I said, come on in and take a visit and let me show you. He said, all right, all right, let me set it up. Let me set up, set up, set up. He said, I'll call you back when I come to. I said, call back so I can set it all up. And boy, I put on a party that night. <laughs> and boy, we set that club up. Boy, we had no club. Everybody was over there. Come welcome Dion. Come help us woo him across the water. And I mean, everybody came out. And we had a blast. I mean, a blast. It was, you know, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about all I get right I, here. We had a blast. Yeah, I, I and, bet it was. And, I, and, I, soon, and, and soon after that, it was like getting one of them kids that you were recruiting, right? You didn't want to let them out the room. I had all my recruiting helpers right there. I said, man, you ready? I say right now, you might stop playing, man. Let's you know. I ain't, boy, I ain't, ain't want to let them out the room. I just, I love them so much. He and I, you know, we're best of friends. It's so funny, though. A lot of the dudes, man, that I played against, now I'm here, now that I retired, they're the, my best friends. Daryl Green, Aeneas Williams, Deion Sanders. I see these dudes. I talk to these dudes all the time, man. It, it, you know, so so I, I, I was happy to play with Deion, man. We had, 
such a great time playing together, man. It's such a great few minutes, few years together. I wish we could have gotten more. It truly is a brotherhood in the NFL, and I would have loved to have been at that party. I'm guessing it was a, a whole rosary party, meaning the next day you had to do the whole rosary to get through forgiveness. Right, 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 right. You know, when you go to church, you're like, hey, let me tell you some people, I was like, man, the people in church, they think they, they think they perfect. No, 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 no. I ain't got to say that they're perfect. The difference between me and the person ain't in church, I'm a sinner. I know you're a sinner. But at least on Sunday, I'm trying to get to the doctor and get healed a little bit. You know, give me some, give me some healing. You just don't sit up in this thing. I ain't gonna come and take your title, no. I ain't gonna come and get no castor oil. I'm trying to come in here and get some of this and help clean some of that stuff. Michael, you're a treasure, man. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. And we were looking forward to t- today, and, and you certainly delivered as always. Thank you so much. Yeah, baby, I'm looking forward to it, man. I like to say I'm in a win-win because I'm such a big sporting out of fan because we get to talk to you guys know how much I love Debo and everybody, man, on the squad, man. Those are my boys. But what I sure would love to let the count. Y'all had a Super Bowl just a few years ago. Just, just 30 years ago. I'm so sick of hearing everybody say you ain't been nowhere in 30 years, 30 years, 30 years, 30 years. Hopefully we can change. 